Wake up, wake up, wake up, 502, what's going down with you? That's right. Guess who's back in the building? That's right, your boy Rashawn Myers is finally back in the studios, man. It has been way, way too long since I've been in the building. It seems like I've been doing either having folks sit in for me. Um, Big shout out to... um, Everybody who's been in helping me out, big shout out to uh, Douglas here taking care of everybody uh, producing uh, while I have been on my stead. It seems like there's been so many things going on since last I was actually in studio. Um, you know, just just everybody Haven Harrington holding it down. This is your boy Rashawn Myers here. Wake up 502. Uh, have a humongous show uh, for you guys today. Um, we will have uh, both uh, Haven and Joe here coming shortly. Um, they are uh, en route. Um, so I look to get those guys thoughts, but we have so many things to get into, um, you know, in the world of sports. I, I chose a very good day um, to get back in studio and to be uh, here a part of your Saturday morning. Um, so, so excited to be back. Uh, you know, the world of sports is popping. Of course, uh, <laughs> there's always plenty uh, going on with the University of Louisville, um, both basketball and football programs. Uh, we're going to get into that. Uh, we're going to get into um, the NBA playoffs. I want to get everybody's thoughts on that. Of course, if you want to get in, the best way to get in, 414-1450, uh, the Thornton's text line. Love to hear your thoughts thoughts on anything that you hear today or even things that you just want to just come off the cuff with uh, it is summer radio of course um so uh there it, there's no topic uh that is not a topic so if you want to get into it uh we're going to get into that um you know and then of course we have uh, some national news with the these uh sec coaches um you know, pretty much going to war. Uh, we have Nick Saban trying to throw HBCU under the bus, so we're going to talk about that. I want to get Haven Harrington's thoughts on that. Um, but 
I would say the first thing that, that we should get into, um, and like I said, uh, 414-1450, if you want to get involved in the conversation as well, uh, if you want to give me a call, uh, the phone lines are open right now. I, I believe Joe's going to be vo- uh, joining us via uh, the phone line as well. But if you want to get in before Joe does, uh, 384-1450 um, is the call-in line as well. That is the 502 buzz line. Um, love to hear your thoughts. Um, but uh, I would probably say the best, par- uh, the best part to get off, and one of the uh, most interesting things, uh, that happened, of course, happened yesterday. Um, <laughs> as things were looking a little bleak uh, for the University of Louisville um, with the, uh, the the local um, big news of the recruit uh, Jermaine Lole, uh, defensive tackle from Arizona State, uh, transfer was looking to uh, be a part uh, of the Louisville, University of Louisville, possibly came on his visit last week. But then things got quiet. Um, so, you know, we, we uh, don't uh, we didn't know what was happening with that. We didn't know, um, you know, if, if he was going to actually be a part uh, of the, the class or not. Um, but, you know, we, we heard, heard a lot of things. He, he came in, heard he had a good visit. Um, uh, and actually, we're going to go ahead and it looks like we have a, a caller calling in right now. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get him on the line. Uh, caller, what's your name? Uh, my name would be Joe Kelly. <laughs> my man, I figured that was you, Joe. So I, I I'm, you know, for, for li- <laughs> like I always say, for folks that don't know, we're literally live on the radio. I actually, you know, am not only your your host, but I am also the producer of the show. So you know, when I don't have my man Haven Harrington, behind, this is this is behind the this is behind the scenes stuff. So when when anytime I have a phone call that comes in, I have to call. You know, somebody's calling, I have to answer the call. I'll tell Haven go ahead and kind of take over the conversation. I'll do a couple hand signals like uh, Peyton Manning and you know do the audible audible sign you know uh, what, what is that Omaha, what, Omaha. Omaha thank you I do the Omaha and ha- and Haven starts talking and then I can answer the phone and you know figure out who it is I figured it was Joe because Joe you know the, the, the star of the show Joe always gives the call um, so uh, I just had to go ahead and answer that on the fly and you know what I feel like it was pretty seamless Joe Kelly how are you doing this morning sir I got no complaints my friend no complaints plenty to talk about I'm telling you i Pick the best day uh, to get back in the studio. I'm kind of sad, Joe, that you, you were in here in studio last week, and I did not get to hear you. Uh, you know, get to see you. Uh, you know, what I'm saying, come in studio. So I was kind of sad. I, I missed you, but you guys did an awesome, awesome job last uh, last weekend for me. I do appreciate you holding it down for me, brother. Oh man, you know, no, no problem at all. All you got to do is is shoot the text, put the bat signal up. You know, yeah, you and Ray uh, were killing it. Like, like, what, what did John Rose say? You know, I'm I'm not always there when you call, but I'm always on time. There it is. It's the reverse for me. It's <laughs> the reverse for me. Like I, I pop, I, I show up nine minutes late. You know, that's, that's my bad. But, but I'm here. But I'm here. Now you here, man? You, you know, it, it, I usually you're right on time. I usually bring barbecue when I'm late. You know, I. I I have an excuse for for my tardiness. <laughs> hey, as long as you cook, yeah, yeah, as long as you cooking, Joe, you can come late. You can come at the end of the show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I don't even mind, brother, because you always, you know, when you get on that smoker, it's, it's gonna go, it's gonna go down. So I don't mind at all. Uh, but h- how was it last week with Rayvon? I thought Rayvon did an awesome job. Uh, how'd you enjoy that? Oh man, you know it's it's always a great time, and uh, you know one of the funny things, Rashawn, and and. I mean, you know this about me. I love to BS with people, sports, whatever. Uh, I know a lot of people in the in the sports talk radio, you know, industry. They hate this time of year because, well, it's it's making chicken salad out of chicken crap. Right. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the dead period. 
you know, it's, there's not a lot to talk about. Man, just, all you need is a healthy dose of Joe Kelly in, in your life. We'll talk about whatever. You know, we spent probably 40 minutes talking about the Dirt Bowl. I don't think he gets enough coverage. So I was more than happy to do that with, with uh, you know, a friend of the show. Uh, Absolutely. No, no. Rayvon, yeah. Rayvon did a good job. You know, of course, he came in talking about the Dirt Bowl. He does so many great things around uh, the city. And I know he always gets excited. I know uh, I was talking to uh, Haven about uh, getting Rayvon in the building. Uh, and, and, and Rayvon was, I know he, he was very super excited to be a part of, uh, of what we have going on there. He's a longtime uh, friend of uh, Main Event Sports Show as well. So, you know, I know he was itching to get in there, and you guys, man, y'all, y'all killed it. I, I, I always go back, anytime I'm not in studio and I'm out, you know, running around the world because my son has me at volleyball tournaments and track meets and everything else. Yeah, there, uh, you go, there goes Rashawn being a decent father. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm, I'm always running. <laughs> Get focused. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I'm t- trying to get my uh, my my priorities together. You know, what I'm saying that. So you know, right. I, 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 when I'm running around here and there and everywhere, uh, you know, I, I always go back and listen to you guys um, and just kind of listen to the show, just because a I love sports radio, so I love to hear you know entertaining talk. Uh, that's why I always uh, admit that you know I listen to everybody. I listen to people on this station. I listen to people on other stations. You know, I pretty much am all. Always taking in uh, uh, just... The, the talk in general um, so I went back and listened to you guys show um, and it was awesome uh, the, the, the conversation was on point um, so I was just really entertained man so you know just good awesome job uh, by yourself awesome job by Rayvon um, I know that you guys uh, when when William was in here a couple weeks ago uh, he killed it as well so man I, I am just happy that I have a very nice pitching staff you know what I'm saying I can go deep into the roster and don't miss a beat so I, I, I just want to say I do appreciate that man there it is, man, and and you know, and we, and we appreciate any time that you can't, you know, you can't hold it down, letting us know, hey guys, this is, this is the deal, because the sad, ugly truth, you know, and you said you listen to everybody. There's a sad, ugly truth about local radio, and that's don't ever let somebody you think might be as good or better than you ever host your show while you're gone. <laughs> when you come back, you might not have that show. Yeah. Hey, man, I, I'm throwing it out there. You know that's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh you know absolutely. That's, <laughs> that, that's why I always get I, – I usually have gotten one invite to somebody else's show, and then I've literally never been invited back, you know. But for, yep. but for me, yeah. I, I, I host it like Joe. I, I believe for me, like I have an open door policy for my show. If you want to come in and be a part of the show, come on in. If I'm out and you've ever told me that you had interest in, you know, being a part of the radio, I say come in. You know why, Joe? Because I believe to be the man, you got to beat the man. And and, and I'm exactly. like my my, my my title's always up. The belts are always are on the line. It, it, it's <laughs> like got, uh, the money in the bank. Baby, I thank you with it. You feel me? So I'm I've never been scared. And, and of course now we had we, we have been joined by the other astute uh, late one walking into the building, Mr. Haven Harrington. Haven, how you doing, brother? Uh, hold on, you are not on. Oh, your microphone is not on. Try, try the other microphone. Let's, let's see, one of these mics work. Say something else. No, that is not working, Haven. The, the, pull, pull me another microphone over there. Try one of them other mics. We're going to figure out. Huh? Try try, try that one. We, we, see, the, the, I like producing on the air. It makes it funnier. The show gets more comedy out of it. Haven? I'm telling you, man, that's another thing people used to get mad at me about um, at a at a 
in a past life at another at another radio gig. Man, you know, lock it up. Be more professional. No, no, that's for people with the big J journalist. I'm small, lowercase J. We're here to have fun, baby. Absolutely. So, so, so let's try Haven. Haven, one more time. Haven, go ahead, say something. Yes, sir. Hey, there he goes. There he goes. Haven Harrington's uh, the dulcet tones of Mister Haven Harrington. Hey, Joe. Joe uh, Haven can't hear you at the moment because uh, oh, you can hear him. Oh, look, he can't hear you. So, so Joe, say hello to Haven. What's up, buddy? What's going on, big dog? Oh, there we go. Look, see. Uh, Good job, fellas. You know, you know, man. I'm just, I'm just trying to get on your status where, where I can. See, I had to come in eight minutes late and apologize. <laughs> I'm trying to get on your level where I can just stroll in 15 minutes late, no apologies, and just be like, man, you should thank me for even coming. Yeah, I, it, It's crazy because Haven came on, for for all my AEW fans, Haven came on with no shirt on and sunglasses on like Orange Cassidy. I don't know what that was about. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, Haven just, just coming, you know. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know if he, you know, I, I I was talking about the titles always up. I don't know if he's coming in to try to take my title or something, but, you know, the the, the door is open. So, I you know, the, this goes out to anybody. I always say this, man. I, I don't care whether you're in radio, whether you do it part time. You know, I, I always have an open door policy. Anybody who wants to learn about radio, uh, have their voice heard. Um, anybody who knows me know that I've always kept an open door policy. So I, I would love um, to get you in there, just if you want to learn about the business, if you just have something you want to get off your chest, if you just want to try. And that's one thing that we've always believed in main event sports um, is that, you know, we we, get, we want to give opportunities. Like you said, Joe, a lot of people like to try to take away opportunities and, um, you know, try to uh, hold and and holster all that power for themselves. I've never been about that. I, I believe that the cream rises to the top. So, you know. Yeah, man. Look, man. A high tide, high tide raises all ships. You know, we've heard that saying, and I and I do agree with that. Steel sharpens steel, all that good stuff. Bottom line, man. Like, yeah, Rashawn's not kidding. Open door invitation. Anybody wants to try to do this better than than you know? You, I understand that sitting back hearing somebody else do something and go, I could do that better. Yeah. But here's what you don't understand. Uh, if you want to take that shot. Come and get it, but I'm going to be in the background talking like Dusty Rose the whole time. <laughs> and, brother, you don't know about hard times. That, that's it. <laughs> yeah, hey, and, and I'm going to be uh, not so silently judging, you know, because, hey, if, if you're going to sit in the chair, <laughs> right. then you're going to be a part of the firing squad, and you're going to be, you know, have to look down the barrel <laughs> of the gun. So <laughs> it gets a little hot when you're in the seat. I, I just, I just want to let you know. So, you know, I, I, and, and I just say all that to say that, you know, here at Wake Up 502, uh, we, we like to have fun and, and we like to put people on. We love to give you opportunities. You can ask that there's been a lot of people that have had opportunities that came from being the, the, the part of uh, either main event sports uh, or Wake Up 502. Um, you know, I, I heard now Rayvon Churchill has a record deal going on just because he came on Wake Up 502 <laughs> last week. <laughs> uh, but, fellas, we're going to go ahead and hit this first break. When we come back, I want to talk to you guys about so many things going on. University of Louisville got a humongous commitment uh, for football yesterday. Um, so I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on uh, Ned Flanders, a.k.a. Scott Satterfield, and what this means for him. Um, so that and so many other things happening here on Wake Up 502. We're going to go ahead and let Eminem take us to break. Shut me down. 
but it feels so empty without me. So come on and dip, bum on your lips, jump back, jiggle a hip and wiggle a bit and get ready. Cause this is about to get heavy. I just settled all my lawsuits. You get it? Now this looks like a job for me. So everybody just follow me. Cause we need a little controversy. Cause it feels so empty without me. I said this looks like a job for me. So everybody just follow me. Welcome back Your dreams were your ticket out Welcome back To that same old place that you laughed about Well, the names have all changed since you hung around But those dreams have remained and they've turned around Who'd have thought they'd lead you? Who'd have thought they'd lead you? Welcome back, welcome back to Wake Up 502 It's a welcome back edition of Wake Up 502 Back in the studio, your boy Rashawn Myers has been gone too long Fellas, it doesn't seem like we've done an actual show together in like forever Like just, you know, with me and Haven here in the studio And Joe on the line doing his thing like I said, I was jealous because I didn't get to see Joe and his uh, amazing beard uh, here in the studio. So I was very sad about that. So we, we got to make that oh, happen man. before too long. The only time I got to see Joe's beard is for Haven's picture of him fighting in the octagon. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all didn't know that Joe was an <laughs> MMA fighter. <laughs> like, Joe's hey, freelancing again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe, I promise you, when Haven showed me that picture, I thought it was you, man. Like, I was like, What's Joe, is Joe really fighting now? Like, I, I know that, you know, he got grimy and went down to Frankfurt, you know what I'm saying, to establish his dominance. I didn't know he was getting in the ring taking on all comers, but, you know, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. When, when Haven sent me that picture, I said, that's weird, man. I quit drinking, and maybe I blacked out and <laughs> went and fought somebody. I pro- it, it looked That's just like you. It looked just like I was. I was. <laughs> it was crazy. Look, man. I really did. I really I, look. And listeners should know this by now. They're starting to get familiar with my sense of humor. Nothing would make me happier than to screw with both of y'all and be like, "Hey, man, we don't all look alike, okay?" Not cool. <laughs> Not all bald white guys with beards look the exact same. Eh, we kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, well, like I was looking because you know Haven. Let's see. Let me tell y'all something about Haven. Haven always likes to mess with me. You know what I mean? So like he's always just doing little things. You know what I'm saying? Like like me and Haven spend a lot of time around each other. We you know we have been roommates and and everything else. So he's always just trying to trick me or always playing little practical jokes and sending me silly stuff and silly silly videos or uh, funny pictures. So like anytime he sends me something, I don't know whether he's serious or not. So when he sent me that picture, I'm like, is he messing with me? <laughs> Like, be fighting? Yeah, like yeah, I, I was like, cause you know, because you know, here, being part of the main event sports show, we are definitely always pop up. You know, I, I knew Haven was going to be doing some fights, and I just started with something because, like Joe Kelly, y'all don't understand. Like Joe Kelly's gully, so Joe might be like bumpy. <laughs> you know what? 
I'm going to just do it. Like, so it could have been one of those situations where maybe Joe went with Haven to a fight and they said they needed one more dude. And Joe was like, you know what? I got this. <laughs> I got you. You know what I'm saying? I can handle myself on the grill. I can handle myself in that ring. <laughs> you know, like, and, <laughs> it could have been one of those situations. So I was like, it, it really, like, threw not, me off a little bit. <laughs> not me, sir. I would like to declare publicly, uh, once again, for anybody who might have missed it, I am dabbling in pacifism these days. <laughs> Can't get a rise out of me. Hey, Joe, Joe, Joe told me the war stories back in the day, Joe. You know, he, he, he told me he had to handle some business. So, you know, I, I know he has that background. So I just, I just was not sure. I, I, I had to take a double take. So I say all that to say you don't want to come in here and mess with uh, Wake Up 502 crew because not only we're going to serve you on this microphone, we can serve you out there on them streets if needs be so <laughs> right. when, when you go wait wait the nice one's a black belt too <laughs> Damn, can't do nothing yeah, one of them is a six foot four former marine the other one's a white dude who hangs out with black people so no telling what he did during their trip <laughs> and then the other dude's got a black belt man i'm good let's just talk sports fellas like they always say burger joe don't let the smooth taste fool you I promise. You make it sound like NWA or sports talk radio. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, just, counting. <laughs> just keep it real. Hey, why, why do you think all these athletes love us? Let me tell you something. Most of these athletes that get on the radio to talk to these radio dudes, they're like, man, when is this, this uh, interview over so I can get that up out of here? That's what they – that's why most of the time that's the way the most athletes uh, do. But when the main event sports show and Wake Up 502 is in the building, you see that literally that's we hang guy. out with – the, the the best and the brightest. There's a reason why. Like the '86 champion hey, Cardinals, man. baby. It's that street cred, man. We got that. And Look, I, man, I take I take great pride in the fact that Mark Ennis said this on air. This was a back and forth exchange back when I used to do radio with Mark. You know, every Thursday we would do catching up with the cards, and I'd have old players from the from Bobby 1.0 come on, old buddies of mine that I knew in college. And uh, one week. I can't remember who couldn't make it. At the last minute, they're like, "What if we get you? What if I uh, get you, Jr. Russell? Will that work?" I'm like, "Man, I don't know Jr., but yeah, that'd be a great interview, right?" You know, like, sure. We have him on. We do the, you know, we do our 30 minute segment, and <laughs> poor Ennis, man, I love him to death for saying this. He says, "Wow, Joe, you just, you can tell you guys are old friends." Just you, you get this guy on the show, and, and it's like you never miss a beat. <laughs> I said, Man, I haven't talked to JR since 2002. <laughs> Not even really sure if he remembers that conversation. We put this on the fly during a break. Uh, that's, I was supposed that's to fine. have so and so. And Mark said, Well, then your your ability to just go into any room and talk to anyone marvels me. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Hey, and, and real talk, like that's that's the way it is with with most folks. But you know, everybody get it, we are very comfortable in all those settings. So uh, you know, we, we not only talk to the best and the brightest. The best and the brightest want to hang with with main event with Wake Up Five O Two too. So just understand the that illest. it's the goods. Exactly, it's the goods. We got the goods now. Haven Harrington, I got to ask you. Big news came out for, for UofL football. We know that this is your wheelhouse. Uh, University of Louisville last week hosted Jermaine Lole, uh, big defensive tackle, um, first team all Pac-12 candidate last year um, prior to the season. Uh, of course, got injured um, early and ended up not playing most of last year. Um, made the announcement he was going to transfer, considered the top uh, defensive lineman prospect in the transfer portal uh, this year. So, uh, you know, akin to a five-star 
transfer pretty much uh made the visit to louisville everything looked good um then got done with the visit we didn't hear anything it was basically crickets all week we started to hear around thursday um that jermaine lole was being approached by the florida gators uh, that was the scuttlebutt on the uh the interwebs uh, on the chat rooms uh was that uh florida was throwing a lot of nil we know nil has been the big discussion and we heard that there was a a package a very um enticing package that was put together to, to try to convince lole to come take a visit down to the gators um so we thought that that ball was rolling away from Louisville. Then all of a sudden, lo and behold, yesterday, Lole popped for the University of Louisville Cardinals announced he is committed. Six foot three, 310 pounds of mean, nasty, and ugly coming to the University of Louisville. What does that mean for the Louisville football program? I mean, that's huge. It's huge because like that is a, that is a position of great, great need. And that's a position that Louisville has whiffed on recruiting wise since Satterfield has been here. Like they completely whipped on it almost the D line totally. Like everybody brought in here, we thought it was gonna be really good and they just haven't really panned out. Like Yaya Diabe may be like the best guy. I think they probably bought in on the edge. Um uh, and he's he's according to Pro Football Focus. He's good. He is the he was the number one he graded out number one as far as defensive linemen in terms of pressures and hurries on the quarterback. So his pass rush numbers were good uh, in terms of his pressures, but he wasn't getting sacks. And, you know, we, we, we needed somebody who could do that. But, of course, Yasir Abdullah was the number one sack master in the ACC. So now that you have Jamal yeah, Lola, a three technique, a guy who can put his hand in the dirt and be the, the center of that three uh, four that that uh, Coach uh, Brown likes to employ. Uh, that's something that we have been missing. We I, I would say that this is probably the best interior lineman that we've had since what uh, uh, Brown, D'Angelo Brown. Yeah. Would you Would you agree with that? I, I would definitely agree with that. It's, it'd be interesting to see how they use him because I know their defense has been predicated has been predicated on smaller faster guys but this is a guy that should get a double team right because that, like i think that's the thing that we haven't had is a guy who can uh, force that double team no, you, and you haven't had that because you've been focused on smaller guys so you don't have to double team a smaller guy right but now you have you have some beef so it, it'd be interesting to see one how he holds up because you're going to sell him out and whatever so what the defense looks like when he comes out and you know your smaller defensive lineman come back in to take his place right um but, no, I mean, that, that is a tremendous get. That's exactly what this team needs. That's what we've been saying for three years now, that, you no, know, you have to get some interior size, especially if you're going to play a 3-4. You know, you want the guy over the nose tackle, that, you know, who's, who's pressing the A-gap. You have to get a double team in a 3-4. If you can't get a double team in the 3-4, then it really, really, really uh, mess with the rest of the defensive scheme. So, so, fellas, the, the way I look at it, and Joe, this is the way I look at it. So, if you have Lole, who's a guy who you're going to have to commit two linemen to, and you know that you have Yasir Abdullah out there in the 3-4 as an outside linebacker, you feel like they're going to roll two guys his way. If you have five offensive linemen and you got two double team, two guys that you have to double team, that means that Yaya Diaby and um, uh, what, what's the other young man's name? Uh, that was a, the Ashton Gelati. They should have either one-on-one or have an actual, uh, actual free runner to the back unless they're going to bring in a tight end to help. That's what we're looking for, ain't it, Joe? Absolutely. And and here's what I'll be interested to see, uh, because that was a huge 
what? I mean, just a what signing. Uh, I love the portal. This is amazing. It makes every week relevant. Uh, guys, I wouldn't be surprised to see if we maybe pick up an interior linebacker uh, for that 3-4 scheme. If you are what what coaches call in a three four scheme, you've got a coverage you've got a coverage linebacker, and then you've got a dude that they call a thumper. I know the terms get it's it's funny to me that it's it's now become the popular hot take term of the month, but it's true, man, it's true. And for all the analytics people out there, there is something that is intangible. You can't mark it down, but you know it when you see it. And all you do is go, my God, that boy got that dog in him. Yeah. Well, and, and don't the forget, Joe. That I would be interested. In, well, I want to see what this does in terms of attracting another safety or interior linebacker that's got a thumper mentality for a linebacker, which is a dude who just plays downfield. Well, I, and I was going to say, don't, don't forget Momo Sonogo, uh, the the interior linebacker for uh, Ole Miss. He transferred earlier. He's already on on campus at the University of Louisville, he's expected that he's going to start next to Monty Montgomery, who, of course, got injured in the UCF game. He's back. So when you look at it, you should at least right now have Momo Sonogo right next to uh, Montgomery on the inside. Then you have uh, uh, Yasir Abdullah on the outside. You have the young man, the freshman, Popeye Williams, who's expected to be an outside linebacker on the other end with Gelati, Lola, uh, Lola and um, Yaya Diaby. On the line, that's your front seven right there, fellas. Well, and, that and that, and that should be. Sudden, woo. Here, here's here's the the what makes that so so exciting. Now all of a sudden we know what the scheme is, but we didn't have you know it's kind of like okay. So I was hanging out last night with uh, a couple members of Kentucky State's coaching staff, uh-huh. and we were we were talking about. You know, just overall how you how you prepare for games week in and week out because they inherited a team that won three games and then they had back to back seasons with seven wins, and that was during the COVID years. So I would I would say for a small program that's a win, huge win. And what we were laughing about last night, you know, and, and Rashawn alluded to it. You know, I work on a grill. That's how I get down. I've always said coaching is like cooking. A good chef will let you do the shopping, you know, for the groceries, and you can drop a bag, you can drop a bag of whatever on me. I'm going to make that bird sing. But if y'all allow me to do my own grocery shopping, get ready. Wear wear your most comfortable sweatpants because you're going to be getting a second and third plate. Now we're starting to see this with, with the defense. We're getting players that match the system. Yeah. I mean, really you got big excited. guys on the inside well, no, no, and fast guys no, on the outside. I'm going to say this. You're not so much – yeah, you are getting players match the system, but what you're really getting is players that match the level of football you're playing. That too. Yeah, beforehand, you really weren't getting like, – let's be honest. Like Scott's first couple of years, no, you were not getting players with the size to play at this level. <laughs> and it took him – three years to kind of figure that out that we need some beef. It took him three years to figure out not only do we need some beef, but we can't win at a high level with diamonds in the rough. It's, it's right. Like, it's you, can't, you can't have the App State. App State recruiting classes aren't going to get it cut in the ACC. 
No, it's not. And it took him about three, four years to figure that out. And he's kind of finally, like, figured that out. That, yeah, okay, now I'm going to need some big boys. I'm, I'm going to need, like, some top-tier talent if I'm going to compete and, like, really compete in the, in the ACC like the Louisville fan base expects me to compete. Because I think he got here, and I think he really underestimated the aspirations of the fan base. Or he didn't appreciate the aspirations of the fan base when he were told like what we were looking for. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I think four Absolutely. years in, I think it's finally, you know, I think it's finally clicking. Like, yeah, okay, I need to, I need to step this up. Like, I really, really, really need to step my game up. Like, really step my game up, or I'm gonna be out of here. <laughs> I I I would love to know what conversation took place between the, the current you know AD and Scott because something has clicked you know and and I and and I don't believe it's it's merely as simple as I should win more games guys hey I, I, I'm just, I mean? like in my opinion you know what it was uh, you know what it was and, and you, you'll love this as a grill man it was flame under ass. <laughs> Satterfield knows that he should have been fired last year. He should have been. Wake up yep. 502, or at least Rashawn Myers Wake up 502 said he should have been fired. I'll put my name on that. I still think you should have been fired, Coach, and I don't care whether you bring a damn bottle of bourbon in here or not. Angels, All the Angels envy in the world is not going to make me change my opinion about that. It may, whoa, it may whoa, change whoa, whoa. some people's Rashawn, opinions. Rashawn, Rashawn Myers does not speak for Joe Kelly, Coach Satterfield. <laughs> and if you would like to buy my loyalty via, via corn, water, and limestone, we can we – can, Look, man, I'm 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 willing to negotiate. We can sit down at the table. <laughs> it, it may have changed some coach. people's I opinions. Hear this sales pitch. <laughs> I want to hear this sales pitch. That's fair because you know what? It was funny how all the tunes changed and how great and exciting little football was once he went and did his rounds around the city, passing bourbon out to anybody who would listen. But now that the season's starting to get close and Vegas is coming out with predictions of five and a half wins for little football, now those tunes are starting to change back and they're remembering oh yeah we did kind of suck and now they're kind of <laughs> starting to feel the pressure and now you know Satterfield isn't so great again and maybe all that bull crap that we've been well, spending you know, for the last month and a half we know the, the is actually is what like, it is you have a great recruiting class coming in a great recruiting class coming in the issue with that is it's going to unlike basketball they'll be good in three years <laughs> yeah well, well that's the problem See, like, unlike basketball where that great recruiting class can have a super immediate impact like right now. A lot of times in football, it's going to take a great recruiting class a year or two, you know, for them to really kind of flesh out to be who we thought they were going to be. So if a lot of these, you know, super <laughs> high-ready guys, it may take a while. It may take like a year or two before they reach their potential. But is that enough time for Satterfield to get the wins he needs to keep coaching? Because to me, the biggest thing about Satterfield, and this is why we call him Ned Flanders, and this is what we've been saying like the whole time. I think he's a great coach. I, I've said it before. I've said it in, in other interviews that, you know, X's and O's wise, I th he's probably a better coach than, than, than Charlie Strong. And and I'll say that. And Charlie Strong's a defensive mastermind. But I think overall, I think Satterfield is a better coach than Strong. The difference, the biggest difference. And I think this was I think this has hampered Satterfield the most at U of L. The biggest difference is that Satterfield doesn't have that killer instinct. 
you know, he doesn't have that. Let me put my foot down. Got that dog in him. That do- he, he doesn't have, that dog have the dog in him. In him. It, it's just not there. And if you're going to win at this level, you have to have that dog. I mean, even Dabo Sweeney may may play the all shucks char- uh, all shucks card all day long and twice on Sundays, you know. But best believe when it comes time to to throw down and throw the hammer down, he's throwing the hammer down. When it comes time, like no, we're, we're going to get rough and ready with, with Alabama. We're getting rough and ready. Yeah, I, hey, you know what? No, I, I totally agree with you. And, and that's been the question. And that's been the, the issue is, you know, are you going to make the changes necessary uh, to, to get it done? And, and that's going to be the question when we come back here on Wake Up 502 that I'm going to put to Haven and to Joe is expectations for the season. What are your expectations? Uh, have they changed? Um, what now? Now that we have, uh, you know, this this fearsome front seven, you know, the fearsome, they talk about the fearsome force, and we got a fearsome sevensome. <laughs> so now that we got this fearsome sevensome, what does it mean? We'll be back here. Wake up 502 Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM. Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly taking care of you on this beautiful, sunny, warm Saturday morning here in the Ville. It's a beautiful day. It's been a beautiful week, and I look forward to a very, very uh, uh, exciting weekend. I, this is my first weekend, fellas, that I have not been running around like a crazy man in like a month. For those of you all who don't know, uh, my baby boy um, is a three-sport athlete at Holy Cross High School. So he's had me uh, following him around for basketball, volleyball, and now track. He is actually on the verge of qualifying for high jump. Uh, for the state meet, I was about to say, I was about to say, is he high jump or hurdle? <laughs> yes, he's high jumping. So he's he uh, he jumped hey. five foot six. Okay, he jumped Damn. five six. So he's right on the borderline of qualifying. And literally, fellas, he's he only learned the technique like twelve days ago. So like he's only been high jumping, of course. Uh, for like and now he can less than two weeks. Clear Nate Robinson in the dunk contest. Yeah, you're telling us. it's crazy. It's crazy. So Man, the, <laughs> the streets have been talking, Rashawn, and I heard I heard rumors that he's now taller than you. Uh, you know, even though I'm still trying to dispute it, <laughs> everybody keeps telling me he's taller than me now. My son has a, a nice quaff of hair on top of his head, so I still say it's the hair. No, he's taller than you. <laughs> Yo, Dad, Killer Cam is reestablishing the, the, the power dynamic in the Myers household. We love to see it. Hey, oh. It may, you know, we did, you know Rashawn, just got to bite the bullet. I had to bite the bullet <laughs> when Marley became taller than me. 
<laughs> so you just you just just got to bite the bullet. I know. I, I'm I'm trying like the he, the brother's not slowing down, man. See, it's, I, I've been giving him. I've been letting him drink. Like we, we switched it up to whole milk. Like I started, you know, because we were doing the blue cap milk. <laughs> But I switched over to the red cap because I felt, you know, my son's very thin, you know, he's very skinny. So I was like, you know what, let me get start giving him this whole milk, get a little extra meat on his bones. Get and, a little red butter on and, and, and since he, he's only, he's been drinking the whole milk for about six months, fellas. And I'm telling you, he's grown like four or five inches since he started drinking that whole milk. Like, it's insane. So, yeah. But, like, yeah. And for those of you all who don't know, I'm, I'm a good, uh, just, I'm right at 6'4". Okay, and, and Cam, who just turned sixteen on the seventh, uh, seventeenth of April, uh, yeah, he's already like passing me up. Yeah, so I'm with six five. It's it's insane. So if anybody, if anybody over at Dean's, or if you just work for Big Milk in general, what we are saying at Wake Up Five Hundred Two, please, Rashawn is going broke trying to feed this baby. Give us all <laughs> the milk. We will give you radio plug. I love it absolutely because yeah, he he drinks a gallon of milk a week, a legit. And ha- Haven can attest to this. Yes, he does. he drinks a gallon of milk. So he eats a gallon of milk because he, he eats about twelve bowls of cereal. Yeah, a day. two boxes of cereal yeah. and a gallon of milk every week. Period. Hey man, and I'm and I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna say this. Uh, this is not just because we all work together and and we're friends y'all know me listeners may not if your kid is a jerk i will tell you (laughs) i'm that buddy i'll be like yo man your kid needs some help because they give me a weird vibe man don't like that kid it's not that they're a bad person they got plenty of time to change they can get right but as of this date i'm not a fan y'all have some of the best children very, very, very polite, respectful. Their faces aren't always in the damn phones like most of my friends' kids are, where it's like, oh, I'm sorry, am I bothering you by speaking to you? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what you want off this grill. Uh, you, your all's kids are amazing. And that's why I like to be rowdy Uncle Joe. Because I'll come by, and all that hard work and, and, and due diligence that you all do as fathers, and, and tip of the hat to you for doing that, <laughs> But I'm the uncle that comes back back behind and be like, Cam, go dunk on your father. <laughs> Do it right damn now, and this entire rack of ribs is yours. Not some ribs are yours. This this is the Cam rack. Hey, I'm gonna tell you what, he was tearing my ass up last night on that court, man. We I have a you know, I have a nice little full court lined up and everything in the backyard. Um and he's got a little step back J and, and I couldn't do nothing with him. I was so pissed off hey. last night. <laughs> tell me tell, hold up, hold up, Rashawn. You gotta tell us real quick. Tell the listeners. And 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 I'm an outsider to this, so I really do want to hear this. Tell soul crushing on a on a on a personal ego level as well, <laughs> while also fulfilling as a father standpoint of I built a court for him to just whoop me on. Oh and man <laughs> I'm giving him everything I didn't world. have, man. I, I didn't I, I'm giving him because you know I, I live in my, my grandmother's house, okay? I I, I uh, bought my grandmother's house. Um I grew up there and she has a humongous backyard. Uh, it's in West Louisville near the river. So, you know, those huge old houses. And uh, I always looked at my grandmama's backyard and I was like, Granny, I know we can fit a court back there. I know we can. We can put a court back there. And she was like, Rocky, that's my, anybody who knows from back in the day, Rocky was my nickname. She's like, Rocky, there ain't enough space back there. Okay, we got this big old tree in the backyard. Half court's not going to fit. Well, 
when I got finally took over, I decided, you know what, my son is a is a you know aspiring basketball player. I'm gonna put a court back there, and we put the court back there. So I do feel accomplished, and I do feel excited that I can give my son something that I wanted and and I did not have growing up. The fact that you can give your child what you did not have gets me excited. But at the same time, as he's starting to, you know, like he can throw self alley oops and dunk it now. So like when he's back, sh- back back in the backyard hitting step back threes and doing all this stuff, and I'm over here bent over at the knees, tired, hot knees. Haven uh, saw me yesterday. I was up there sweating in the chair. And- oh, he was broke. <laughs> like it's, he was it's, broke down. It's great, but man, head in his hands. The, oh. the mental image of Rashawn yelling. I know you ain't dunking and bending my rims that I paid for. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I'm telling you, he like, and, and my my rims are, you know, it's a little tall. It's probably about ten and a half. It's not ten and a half. It's probably about a good ten foot two inches. It's pretty tall rim. Uh, you know, the the nice rim in in ground. You know, the concrete and everything. Like we got it lined up. Like it's it's a good court to play on. It's it's about like being at the park. A little bit better than park actually. Uh, but like. He's just doing it so easy now. Like last, like people that, that may have seen, follow me on Twitter, Facebook. We put his road to dunking videos last year, where he was not dunking and just touching the rim and laying the ball in while touching the rim, and thought that was a dunk. Yeah, y'all, that ain't a problem no more. Now he's one hand, two hand, you know, throwing the ball to backboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but the thing is, though, like oh. as, as, as as good as he's gotten as a basketball player, I would argue he's probably a better volleyball player than a basketball player. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the best volleyball player on the team. Like the, the Holy Cross hadn't had a team in twenty years, and he's definitely the, you know, he he's. I put it like this: anybody who wants to get in, get in on the, uh, you know, you always want to get in on the stock while it's early, and you know, while it's still, you want to get on, on Apple when Apple just hits the the streets. Yeah, yeah. Cam Cam is that is that right now? So any coaches that that want to give me a call, you know, NIL is definitely accepted. And appreciate it. <laughs> so, if, if you want to get the the inside track early, come come get at your boy because uh, I have a feeling uh, junior year, so, uh, so my son might start to turn some heads. So, if you have not gotten in early, you might be sitting behind some people. <laughs> Shameless plug. Nice. <laughs> but nice. fellas, no, I, man, hey, no, I, I appreciate it though, Joe. Thank you. I was trying to explain this to a buddy of mine whose son is very, very, very athletic, and he's starting to show some some sparks at 13 where you go, man, that ain't normal. He's better than average. And I've, I've been telling him, look, man, you need to get this kid in volleyball. Like, let him play basketball for sure. He, he loves it. But volleyball is where a lot of kids that aspire to play college basketball, that's where they're going to get their free ride to college if, if, they, if, if they get involved. Because you just have to look at the numbers game, man. Unfortunately, basketball is the hardest roster to make. Uh, well, you can make the argument for baseball because baseball, I think, in college gets nine scholarships. Right. But when you're looking at, at every level of it, man, you got 12 dudes on a basketball team. 12. That's it. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough cookie to, to, you know, to, to crumble. Uh I love hearing hearing kids, especially young black kids, getting into into sports that are non conventional or non. I don't want to say non conventional because, well, why aren't they? Right, they're just never given access. That that that's that's the reason. You, you, you want to know why we don't have have black swimmers representing the USA? Well, because for years we didn't let y'all swim at the same damn public pool. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? It's 
there 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 is there is a cause and effect that that ripples through through generations. So it's uh, it's so cool, man. When you mentioned uh, Cam's playing volleyball, <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, and Joe, let me tell you he's something, Joe. He's got a hell of a swing on the golf course, too. I, I, I'm going to tell you that. Like, he was doing first tee of Louisville for a couple years. And if he decided he wanted to pick up the club and start playing golf, like, he could, I think that he would have, he had more natural ability than in that than probably like the two things that he picked up very quickly and very easily is how quickly my son picked up golf. And how quickly he picked up the high jump. <laughs> like, that was two things that he had never done ever. And, like, immediately he became, like, you know, borderline it, as good bro. as anybody. That's crazy. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Like, your boy, your your son just basically pulled a Calvin Johnson on everybody, showing up to the combine and borrowing somebody else's sneaker to run the play. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, like, he's going to end up and probably then, top 10 in the state. Like, it's crazy. And then was like, ah, man, I probably would have got top five if the shoes fit me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like if he had actual proper technique and and, and practice, like the, the three the three kids that he finished fourth uh, in the region, and you know the three kids that finished ahead of him were kids that you know have been jumping for years and had you know lock, rock solid fundamentals and everything else. But he was literally jumping right there with those kids. Like he he pretty hey, much was was right there with them. So it was impressive, pretty impressive. See, and the and the and the humility that that you display as a father also needs to be commended because. For folks listening, look, Rashawn doesn't just show up and brag about his kids, but once you get him talking about him, he doesn't stop. And that's, a, that's a sign of a good dad to me. <laughs> hey, man, you know, I, love, like, hey, I, I mean, love him to death, but I hey, that cord, Joe, let me tell you something. I give it to him. I I, I'm, I don't do the uh, – Rashawn, you know, you know what? <laughs> don't let, like, hey, the Will Smith of the West End fool you. Rashawn will go straight Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Haven hears me give it to Cam in a heartbeat. Gives it to him all the time. Straight Homer Simpson, boy. <laughs> come on here, boy. Yeah, Dude, uh, what are you doing? Oh, I got, I, I got to give it to him, man. Keep him humble. I'm definitely hey. one of, not not one of those, uh, le, le, you know, uh, Levar balls. I'm not, you know, I I gives it to him at, at every second, man. Keep him humble. Keep him hungry. Keep him grinding. You know what I'm saying? Well, but you know what? You know what my job is, though, is, again, is the rowdy uncle. I get to come by and just, I'm, the next time I show up to one of Cam's events, I'm going to be walking through the crowd going, yeah, my nephew out there watched uh, a YouTube video on how to do this, and now he's dog walking your kid. How'd I make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Hey, and, and, and I would be remiss if I did not give a shout out to my baby girl, Haley Brents, who just graduated from the University of Kentucky uh, on Oaks Day. She actually was the speaker at the commencement uh, for UK. Um, she is a bachelor in special education with a minor in psychology. So don't get it twisted. Both of my babies is doing work. She actually just accepted a teaching position down there in Fayette County, down in Lexington. Uh, So she will be doing her thing at Booker T. Washington, Washington Elementary uh, down there. So uh, shout out to Haley. She graduated in four years, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, hey, hey, look, is a six year undergrad. Salute, young lady. Hey. Good for you. You had your priorities. <laughs> I didn't. So that was, hey, she killed it. She did a great job speaking at the commencement. Very, very super proud of both of my babies, man. Like, they they, they keep me. They wear me out. But I, I love them to death, man. I love them to death. They, they, they keep me honest. I'm a Cam's very lucky man. On you. Cam's dunking on you. Your daughter's about to take all your public speaking gigs. <laughs> Sean, man, you, look, we talked about it earlier. Don't let somebody better than you fill in. 
<laughs> you trained your replacements. Hey, that's what it. What are you doing, man? That's it, man. Hey, hey, I, I want to sit back and sip the pineapple drink, Joe. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to put my sunglasses <laughs> on and just and leave the world to them, man. But, hey, what we got one hour in the book. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that was a very interesting uh, sidebar conversation. When we get back, we're going to get right back into these expectations for Scott Satterfield. I want to get into Kenny Payne and what's going on with him and why Louisville cannot find any players. Uh, we're going to talk about that and much, much more. Wake Up 502, Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, and we'll be back on Big X Sports Radio. Okay. Wow. Okie dokie, really? That's what you're going to end with? I am. We'll be back. Welcome back, welcome back to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly taking care of you here at 96.1 FM. Big X Sports Radio It's going down here on a Saturday afternoon here, almost afternoon in DeVille. Getting you ready for your Saturday uh, weekend. It's going down a little far side running. That was a suggestion by our brother Joe Kelly. I always bring in the tunes. Appreciate it. That's one of my hey, favorites, man. Joe. Hey, and, and you know what? I'm going to hit y'all with a book that y'all need to read, too. Yeah, that's right. I'm literate. Uh, Dilla Time. Big book. Big read. Really? It's all about Jay Dilla. Yes, okay. sir. And if, if you're a fan of the far side, you're a fan of Slum Village, you're a fan of the producer Ninth Wonder, uh, Dilla should be your go-to producer. He's probably your favorite producer that you don't know exists. Oh, Haven, back me up on this. Hey. Dilla is hip hop. It's like like DJ Premier and Dilla. When you talk about a signature sound, if you had to explain to somebody just playing a track, what does hip hop sound like? Primo scratching. Jay Dilla doing his drunken slur beats. Would you agree with that? Yo, I mean it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it, you're talking about a signature sound. That's like. Well, Rick Rubin was the hip hop in the tempo. 80s. He created a tempo and a rhythm in, in music that, that this book details, and I can't even fully understand it. Mm -hmm. I'd love for a musician to, to read this book and then break it down to me as if I were a child. But he created his own signature time for keeping music that jazz musicians are like, we have no idea how he did that. Well, I mean, and that, that sounds a lot like understanding um, of music. Uh, what, what what's that? I mean, that's what sounds like what James Brown did. You know, when when James Brown created, you know, his sound and, mm -hmm. and how he completely kind of flipped 
the industry on his head with with his uh, his cadence and his rhythm to his uh, music. Yes, that sounds like the same thing. I mean, th- those are the people, man. They're the people that uh, change the game, as it were. And, and Farside is definitely <laughs> one man. of my favorites. A- absolutely. So, of course, 414-1450, we have not hit up the text line so far, fellas. But I sent you all a picture because somebody on the text line <laughs> asked about it. Yeah, man. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I, it was it was very entertaining, the, the, the text line. So, if you want to get involved, 414-1450 is, is the way to get involved. But, Haven. And this one I believe was for you. Uh, the, the, the text was, he says, not to be political, but what's up with Russ Smith photo uh, with Charles Booker's, uh, I guess, opponent in the upcoming election this this fall? Of course, for those of y'all who don't know, Haven Harrington is a, is a, a uh, consigliere, if you will, for Charles Booker's campaign. He does a lot of things helping out Book. Um, it was interesting because, you know, of course, Haven was hanging out with, his, with, with our man Russ Smith uh, during Derby. But uh, saw, saw a nice little picture of Russ Smith. I sent it to you, fellas. Hey, hey what? you know, he's, what, what's your man doing? You know what? When Russ was on the show, he told us that he was launching his bourbon brand. Yes. So I believe that Jonathan Blue is getting him set up. With all the Jonathan Blues buddies, and I guess Rand Paul is one of the Jonathan <laughs> Blues buddies. Hey, and congratulations to Russ. Uh, Russ was on the show, uh, of course, the day of his uh, Jersey uh, retirement. Uh, he was nice enough to join yeah. us. Uh, but he did just announce and release his 12-year Black Label Bourbon. That is their premier uh, brand of the Mr. and Mrs. Smith's bourbon. Um, so that was a huge joint. And you know what? I'm going tell, to tell, keep it real. I don't blame Russ Smith for going out there and having that picture of Rand Paul. You know what? Because Republicans buy bourbon, too. <laughs> and he is going out there, and he is doing his best thing to, to, to push bottles. So, I, I can't hate on that. Make your money, man. <laughs> Just like I always say with NIL, I was happy for Oscar Sheepway because he's getting the bag from UK coming back. If you got an opportunity to make some money, make some money. Do your thing. So, you know, I, I, I'm Look, not going to on none of that. Rand Paul's made plenty of money off you and me, so I'm all for my friends getting a dollar off his. You know, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going to get us in trouble. Yeah. I've had a good streak of not getting it, us Joe. in trouble. Yes, you have. You but, but he does. But but Rand Paul does cut his own hair allegedly. Oh really? Just throwing that out there. Yeah, and it's I mean, not can't a you look at it in tail? So that's suspect. That <laughs> <laughs> is a trim. That is a trim, my guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, you can't even go to sports clubs. That's hilarious! Wow, but hey, but you know what? But you know, plus, plus, like, you know, Rand Paul, you know, he that, that he was one of the folks that was nice enough to take a picture with the main event sports show uh, at at one of the galas that we went to uh, several years back. So you know, we, we we rub elbows with all shapes and sizes and types and everything. That's, that's what I we mean, do. For the longest time, we were the guys going to the all Republican. Uh, yeah, the, the the silks of the bluegrass. Yeah, the uh, silks of bluegrass. You know, that, was out there with Rand Paul and Mitch McConnell. Absolutely. So you know, we we, we fit in everywhere. Know, Everybody that's a story loves story We need to tell one day because our man. Dusty, oh man, the welterweight uh, MMA champion of Bad Dog MMA showed up. Yes, with a lime green suit and a championship belt. Yes, he he looked like the Riddler. <laughs> he came in looking like the Riddler with the championship belt on, and was most popular dude there. Oh yes, absolutely. It's amazing what having a, a, a piece of gold around your waist does. It turns like people that are actually like. Movers and shakers and, and difference makers, people that actually make laws, how they all turn into like small children when somebody comes in with a belt Can around I put their the waist. Belt on? Like it's hilarious. It, it, it is. It is and, funny. And I will. And 
anytime you see me with a strap, you will hear me quote Damon Wayne's from the Great White Hype. You want this belt? Come take this belt. I'll spank you with this belt. <laughs> <laughs> I love Great White Hype. That's that's, a that's classic. one of the greatest like movies of all time. <laughs> so, so, fellas, let, let, let me ask you all. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about uh, Louisville football uh, this morning. Jermaine Lole, uh, the defensive tackle transfer uh, uh, commitment uh, from Arizona State, first team All Pac-12. Uh, we talked about what his impact will mean to University of Louisville on the field. So, I, I have to ask you. All. Um, we have, while uh, much uh, many other shows have been kissing the butt of University of Louisville and their football program and acting as if last year did not happen and they did not get embarrassed by Air Force in well, the last game of the year. Uh, yeah, two straight lead losing seasons. The first time you've had two back to back losing seasons and since kept the coach. Craig Thorpe was there and kept him. Um, I want to know with Lole's commitment. What are your expectations for University of Little Football? Have they changed? Have they increased? What What does this commitment mean for Scott Satterfield? Ooh, man. Haven, I think you're going to agree with me when I say this. Unless we're talking the quarterback position, one one position player does not flip your prognostications for a, for a football team. Now, with that being said, can it push it over that hump? Absolutely. So if you were stuck on that, I, I think what what did Vegas what has Vegas got Louisville at? Five, five and, and a half. half. Five point five wins. Okay. okay. If you were stuck at that and you didn't know if you trusted the over or the under on it, I could see how that would push you over to say, Yeah, we'll get six. Not sure which six, but that player makes a difference of and I'm using air quotes here, a half a game. You know? Mm-hmm. I if the team stays healthy and that you know that's the biggest issue, and and that's the biggest issue. This isn't a Satterfield problem. I've been saying this since John L. Smith was coaching. I will take Louisville starting twenty two and meet you all in any alley you want with your alma mater starting twenty two. Where it gets dicey is when we start going into depth, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, football is a is a war of attrition. If you don't have those bodies, that's why when we joined the ACC, and I said crap if we finish fourth in the league we're playing the fourth team from the sec and that means they got depth and we saw that you know in in belt bowls against georgia where the where the depth just showed and you could see that that georgia is is seriously on pace they could make a run for the national you know they could be in the college football playoff right fast forward a couple of years and, and see where they are it takes time, you know, to develop that that roster and, and that kind of depth. So, so I'm definitely so, taking the over on five and a half after that announcement. I was going to say, I, so, so where where are you at in terms of a win total? Like, like, where, where, where do you see them? Like, at the five, if the five and a half is the number, Joe, where, where, where do you I think, think seven, they finish it? I think I think seven wins is is very 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 achievable, and if it's if seven wins. Aren't on the table. I understand. Look, man, don't argue with Vegas. My dad told me years ago, don't argue with Vegas. They know, boy. They know, stupid. How do you think <laughs> they got all those fancy lights and pretty buildings? Because of dummies like you that think you know more than them. And my dad called me when, when Charlie Strong went to Texas, and he said, Vegas isn't even taking bets anymore on Charlie Strong to Texas. It's over. They know what's up. So when Vegas says five and a half, I'm like, mm, 
that's a that's a good preseason guess if you're an outsider in Louisville and you have no bias and you're not buying into the fact that Set's really turning stuff around. I think seven wins is achievable. Okay. If Set doesn't get seven wins, I want to know. I, 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 I there he's got to go. Hey, he has to go. Like, oh, I, I agree with that. And that was going to be my point, Joe. Is like I was going to say at, with five and a half the number. If 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 Satterfield gets six wins, he should be fired. Three straight right. years, non-winning seasons, and you know, if, especially if you get dog walked again by Kentucky, like mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way around it that you need to get him, let him go. I got there was a guy on Twitter that said, "Well, you can't fire a guy if he's got if he goes six and six and has a top twenty-five recruiting class, you got to keep him." Hey, Harrington, what do you think about that? No, you no, no you, you don't. don't. No, you don't. And and let me tell you why you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there are lots of trophy cases filled with with shiny hardware earned by players that were coached in the winning, you know, in the game that mattered, he didn't recruit them. You know, and I know it's basketball, but I always think back on Matt Doherty being just a total chump after he flamed out at North Carolina, being the guy after Dean Smith. And he had the audacity when Roy Williams won it in year one to say, well, I recruited all those guys. Shut up, you bum. You lost with those guys. Right. You just admitted you you got bounced in a round of thirty two by with a championship team. Shut up, bum. Facts. So just because a guy can recruit, and we see this on coaching staffs. Some guys are recruiters, some guys are X's and O's. Bobby Petrino, nobody's gonna argue that when he gives a damn and he's coaching with a purpose, he's an X and O's guy. Bobby isn't the dude you're going to, to, to recruit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> No, he's winning anybody over in a room other than showing you his playbook. I mean, if you're Satterfield, you guys who know how to re- recruit. So if Seth's finally unlocked that that secret code to his own personality, where now he's charming and everybody wants to come, you know, play at Louisville, and there's a lot of stuff that you can you can pitch. If he got guys here and he can only win six games with a top twenty five class coming, let's see what a guy who can also recruit can do, because clearly the program is selling itself. It's not the staff. There's been too much turnover for you to tell me that Satterfield has, has sold this class on the staff in general. No, I, I, I totally agree. Because I, I mean, if you look at Satterfield, if he goes six and six this year, Haven, um, then that would be four years into your your tenure, and you have a losing overall record after four years. That's not Louisville football, and, and I don't think you should have a job. I, I agree. I mean, and he asked about like what I predict for this season. And for me, it's really hard to tell because so much of what I think Satterfield does is is right and it's exactly what he should do. But like I said before, before you know, we got sidetracked talking about our kids, <laughs> is that Satterfield's main issue is his lack of a dog. He doesn't have that killer instinct. And at this level, if you're going to take it to the next level, you have to have that killer instinct. You know, you have to be able and be willing to go ahead and fight fire with fire. You know, and we've seen it, you know, three years or two years in a row in Kentucky. We just roll over. I mean, last year we tried to fight back, but that was all fake ju- as Charlie Strong would say. That's, that was fake juice. The little fake fights we got out there and push people around. Yeah, and this year, you know what it is, fellas? An upside-down Kentucky logo on the uh, schedule in the, uh, in the weight room. Ooh, he put UK's logo upside down. I mean, you know, he's trying to. I might, you know, it's. I don't want to hear about no, that. You know, it's different if you're talking smack in a game that's competitive. Okay, 
It's different that every time we played Kentucky, the game was competitive. Every time Scott has played Kentucky, we've got Molly Wap. That's lame. Like, for me, that's real lame. Like, you leave UK's logo alone. They done whooped your ass twice in a row badly. <laughs> like, badly. So, like, like you need no to respect content. that logo, and you need to put that logo upright and probably need to shine it up a little bit and, and give them the respect that's, that's due because you ain't earned yeah. the right to, to, to do no smack talk, in, in my personal opinion. No, that's their locker room. That's Mark Stoops' locker room. You're, oh yeah, you're 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 on borrowed time, Mister Scotty. You know, and and I hate I hate that. <laughs> that brings me absolutely no joy. But facts are facts. Hey, man. Scott Scott, Scott Satterfield sends Mark Stoops a, a Father's Day card every year. Oh no, man! Here you go, every Daddy. Morning when Scott goes off to, when <laughs> Scott goes off to school, his mom <laughs> says, "Don't forget to give Mark his lunch money." <laughs> when she hands him a five dollar bill, like he 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 stays taking Scott's cookies. Oh yeah, yeah. And if I was a UK fan, I would I would want to give Mark Stoops a lifetime contract, regardless of what he does in conference, just for how well he needles U of L. Oh, absolutely. He is, he is living rent free in in U of L's coach's head, and you and U of L's coach. Like, if you there is no bigger little brother scenario than Stoops and and, and Satterfield right now. And you know and he, can, it, it's, he can change that dynamic. He can change that dynamic, and you know how he can do it. Go out there and hit the bully in the mouth, man. But you are you and your team, football teams, guys. I will say this until I'm dead: a football team. I can't speak on a basketball team. Never played on one past you know junior high. Can't talk on a soccer team. Can't speak on a baseball team. But I'll tell you right now, man: a football team is a direct reflection of their coach. Period. And if you want to get if you if you want to get in the smack talk side of it, you got to do some smacking before you can talk. Yeah, but don't. Yeah, it's, it's like one of those things where don't come in, don't talk big smack before the game is talk about. Now I finally know what this rivalry is about, and now I know what I need to do. And then you come out there and just get destroyed. So then the next offseason you want to go putting upside down UK logos and uh, talking about when Kentucky loses to St. Peter's. You want to get on Twitter and talk smack about you. You have not earned. It's like the dude that can't fight in the crew that's talking a big yep. talk. He's always talking yep. smack. And always talking smack. And yep. he can't fight his way out of a paperback. That's literally who Scott Satterfield is right now. Wouldn't. Louder than a dirt bike, but wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit in a fruit fight. You, you remember right. when Arsenio Hall in, in, in Harlem Nights when they out there shooting the big Tommy guns and yes. they out there blah, 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 and then there's the one little dude that's like bah, bah. <laughs> the little bitty dude that's a little pop pop you know and then he's pop like that's Scott Satterfield right now. It's like man, just shut up, just stop talking. Stop talking. Yeah. Stop trying to needle UK. Shut up and win. And win. Or at least be competitive. Let me tell y'all this, man. Y'all both know me pretty well at this point. If I ever took a public thumping in any avenue of life, the way that Scott Satterfield took the stoops, and then I had to sit in front of uh, in in front of a microphone and talk about it, y'all know me <clears throat> well enough. I think you can say, yeah, no, that absolutely would happen. I would sit there, and I would honor my responsibilities and my obligations, and I would atone, and, and I would answer for, for that whooping I took. But any questions you all have for me, I don't have a word to say right now because 
as soon as this wraps up, and I mean immediately, I'm going back to my office and we're hitting the lab. This is not going to happen again. And I'm not going to talk about it not happening again. I don't have any funny jokes for you. Normally, I always got a joke. You know, that's, that's what I do. I come in and, and try to lighten the room up a little bit. Uh-uh. Right now, we're back to the basics. Sweatpants, Asics, and a skipping rope. I mean, that, that was... <laughs> we're, we're, gonna, we're going all the way back to Rocky. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, because that, that, that's the whole you're thing. Not gonna hear from me. You're like, not going to hear from me until the next season when I'm sitting in this, in this same exact position, but with a W. The, the, and then I'm going to – you're not going to be able to shut me up. The biggest problem that I have with it, Joe, is the fact that we've heard Scott – A, first of all, Scott Satterfield did not do what you just mentioned that, that you should do when you get embarrassed like that. But then on top of that, all we heard this offseason was excuses. The recruiting budget mm-hmm. isn't good enough. We don't have enough people writing letters. Um, we don't have enough players to do this. We don't have enough to do that. And we never heard Scott Satterfield take anything and take any honest on himself and take responsibility for anything. He did not take responsibility for getting embarrassed by Air Force. He did not take responsibility for getting blown out by UK. He has not taken responsibility for anything. All I'm going to say is this. You got your defensive tackle recruit. You've gotten your transfers. You got power five guys coming in from all around. You got a wide receiver from Miami. You got a linebacker from Ole Miss. Uh, you got a running back from Tennessee. Um, you've gotten a superstar supposedly in the making in Quincy Riley, a defensive back from Middle Tennessee State. You've gotten everything, and we've heard it. The players, it's the players, it's the players. We've not heard him take responsibility for anything over the last two years. All I'm going to tell you this, Scott Satterfield, I'm tired of the excuses. I'm tired of, you know, all of it. I'm tired of the... the, 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 win, baby. You better win or don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. This is Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly. We got one more segment. We'll be back. Hey, can't keep running. We'll talk. Welcome back, welcome back to Wake Up 502. Oh no, most deaf. <laughs> gotta get it going here on a Saturday morning. Y'all know how we do. Gotta turn y'all up for the weekend, you know what I'm saying? Gotta get you ready. You gotta be jamming into the weekend. A little bit of sports, a little bit of hip-hop, a little bit of R&B, a little bit of something else. That's what we do. Wake Up 502. And and shout out to our man Nate Dog. Like Ice Cube said, it ain't a single till Nate Dog sings on it. Absolutely, uh, Western Paradise Brothers bro. in Arm. 
former Marine. Uh, Nate Dogg also has the realest line. Uh, he steals the documentary Welcome to Death Row about the, the murder of Tupac Shakur. Guys, I don't know if you've ever seen that particular one. Mm-mm. They everybody talks on end about you know pock you know pock this pock that. There is one scene, one interview with Nate Dogg. Nate Dogg says one sentence, and it's just him sitting there. He goes, "Man, I knew things were not going well at that studio when I said I came back from Iraq, but I got a package strapped to a hip hop studio. This ain't this ain't it, y'all." <laughs> hey, hey, that's real. <laughs> Nate Nate Dog said I came back from Iraq and thought Death Row was doing too much. Man. There it is. <laughs> that is welcome to the nineties in a in a uh, in one sentence <laughs> doing way too much. <laughs> just, just doing the most. Now, if if you want to do an experiment, just or or, or get get an example, just go back and uh, watch the Source Awards. <laughs> just go back and watch hey, the replay. That, <laughs> hey man, so a buddy of mine and I are actually working on on a little project that uh, that I was gonna gonna bring you all into the fold last minute. But since you mentioned the '95 Source Awards. We're going to tackle the uh, Source Awards from a different angle because everybody loves that, and they think about the seminal moment when Snoop came out with the baseball bat and said, ain't no love for the West Coast, you know, in that whole moment. Oh, Death yes. Row versus Bad Boy. But guess what we're going to talk about in this, uh, in this book coming out? We're doing a whole write-up on that is also the night that Outkast received newcomers. And Andre 3000, the great poet laureate, said, the South got something to say. And hip-hop was never the same after that. Boom. That was the moment that Southern hip-hop got put on the damn map, y'all. Yeah. And it got overshadowed. Yeah. It got overshadowed by, by Petty Beat. Yeah. No, that yeah, was a yeah, night you're to right. celebrate the Wu-Tang Clan and to celebrate the South has arrived in hip-hop. And now you catch up in, up in New York, you catch on the West Coast, y'all got to respect what we're doing down South. I mean, it was just it was just rough because I love the Source Awards. Like, I don't even like award shows, but the Source Awards had something going for the couple of years that it was there, and then we had to go act fools, and then all of it just went away, and just it was just very I unfortunate. Love, I love the interview with Nas about the about that particular year where he said security was on full lockdown because they thought Wu Tang was going to start something. <laughs> They thought they were they were terrified that Wu Tang was going to get robbed of a certain award. I forget which which award it was, but they were worried that if if a group that Wu Tang kind of viewed as being pop and not authentic and genuine had beat them out at that award show, that there was going to be havoc, <laughs> and uh, that's why they had so much extra gas in the building because they didn't know what Papa Wu and, and the crew was going to do. And then Snoop Dogg kind of came out and overshadowed all the other. There is so much that was going on in that that award <laughs> show that got overshadowed by that moment. It was insane. And I, hope, I hope hip-hop fans really enjoy this project a buddy of mine and I are working on because we're going to, to reveal all the side banter, essentially. Montel Jordan has amazing quotes from the 95 Source Awards. All right, That's how deep it goes. Like, it is wild. a rabbit hole. That is wild. Like I, I can't wait. This, that's I'm excited, awesome. man. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, my, my buddy hit me up about this and said, "You're not going to believe this, but I got a I got a book deal." 
And I said, oh, well, that's cool. Congrats. He said, nah, man, I want to write about hip-hop. I need your help. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's sell some bucks, homie. <laughs> Hey, for real, real talk. Yeah, that's 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 big. Anytime you can get published, man, I guess that's humongous. I have some have played, uh, several friends of mine who have have gotten uh, published uh, very recently, and that's that's big time. My brother uh, in arms, uh, for a friend of Main Event Sports Show, Wake Up Five Hundred Two, Doctor Steve Patton. He wrote a children's book. He's been published. Uh, my 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 buddy uh, Braylon Fife. A uh, young man uh, uh, that, that already published him and his mom, Regina Fife, and uh, his his Dave, uh, his uh, father Dave Fife, good friends of mine. He got published. He's on Amazon. I got his book now. Uh, and of course, uh, my my buddy Ashley Anderson, uh, Doctor Ashley Anderson. She's got a couple of books. I have all my friends' books on the coffee table. So Joe, I, I want to add, uh, you know, something new to it, man. So so whenever it's it's out there, I want to do that because I was like, it's my people. I'm saying I I love that. Any of my people doing big things, man, I want to celebrate them. Well, you know, and and that's the cool thing about having friends that you know have your back and and support you is that I know y'all are going to buy the damn book anyway, so I got to make it entertaining for you. Absolutely. Absolutely, because we always going to support, man. I I always support my people. I believe in putting people on and celebrating accomplishments, man, because, you know, there's so many bad things and ridiculous things and people that's not doing uh, much of anything except just doing running around. So when you do something, you know, significant, man, it needs to be celebrated. You know what I'm saying? We got to celebrate each other. Got to push each other up and uh, quit worrying about ourselves all the time. You know what I'm saying? So celebrate others' victories. I always believe in that big time. So, yeah, congratulations, man. That's, that's huge. Now, let me ask you fellas something. I know we're going to be rushing towards uh, the end of the hour. It, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. <laughs> <laughs> like, the NIL wars. Basically, what we talked about with the Source Awards, <laughs> where <laughs> Nick Saban comes in with the flamethrower and completely just shoots fire across at Texas A&M pissed off because uh Nick Saban's mad that he uh that he lost some some players and some recruits to Texas A&M because he says Texas A&M is just basically buying everyone and buying all the players <laughs> and it's not fair. He just said he but he basically just said he bought them all. But then this is the part that cracked me up. Not only did he just throw the flamethrower at Texas A&M, Haven Harrington, he took it as far as to throw his man from the Aflac commercials, Deion Sanders on the bus and said Jackson State stealing the number one defensive back because they paid this kid a million dollars, which nobody even knows is true or not. Completely like hearsay with no proof. Throws Jackson, throws the HBCU under the bus. Like he didn't get his quarterback a seven-figure NIL deal himself. Who cares? Nick Saban is tripping. Like, why throw the HBCU under the bus? Like, everybody uh, celebrated the move of the young man committing uh, to to, uh, Jackson State because said, you know what, maybe some of these kids will start to look at the HBCUs as as an option. That's huge for that level. And Nick Saban threw threw Jackson State under the bus. Like, I understand Texas A&M. They're in the same division. They're rivals. Fine, you want to do the rivalry thing? Why throw Jackson State under the bus? It's one player, bro. I mean, like, like this whole thing was a straight comedy. Like, and Jimbo was pretty much like, "Look, this dude cheats too. Ask any of his assistants about it. I'll tell you." It's the SEC. Okay, everybody cheats. <laughs> yes, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> like, 
I don't know what 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 was saving. Why are guys who make ten million dollars per year easily the highest paid public officials in their respective states? <laughs> why do you care what Jackson State does? They pay a guy a million dollars. So what? You make ten million dollars a year to coach football. You're mad because one five star player went to Jackson State and you have seventy on your roster. Like, Look, man, is let, Saban just getting old? Is, is that what's happening? No, Saban is mad. No, no, no Saban no, is no, mad no, no, no. because he now has to share the pie with everybody. Exactly. Everybody else, everybody gets a piece of that five star pie. Before it was just him. It was him, maybe like one or two other you schools, know, where they can hoard all the five star talent. Now, because NIL money, everybody else can kind of come in and poach that five-star talent. Where instead of getting like five or six five-stars per class, he may now get only three or four five-stars per class. And what that means for Alabama is this. Alabama has always had a talent advantage almost over everybody played except for Clemson and Georgia. And those happen to be the two teams they're really competitive with, Clemson and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Right? Now they just got to split that pie up because NIL money, because Texas can now compete because they got tons of boosters. Texas A&M. With tons of money. Texas A&M has tons of boosters with tons of oil money. Oklahoma. So now they can go ahead. They can start paying five-star players to come play for them. USC. And everything's (laughs) above the table. So now instead of you hoarding all the five-star and super top four-star talent, now you got to share yeah, I mean, USC that, just that's why it's bad. The, the Belitnikoff winner, I heard Alabama, and this is one of the things I feel that, that Jimbo, uh, excuse me, that Saban got pissed off about, and, and Joe, I'll let you go after that. Um, the Belitnikoff winner for Pittsburgh um, came back to school, announced he was mm-hmm. returning, and he was thought he was going to Pittsburgh. Then all of a sudden, a lot like Tyler Harrell and the Alabama situation, we started hearing rumors that this kid was going to transfer to USC because USC basically gave him a NIL deal he could not refuse. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it was just one of those things where it, it was it was it was known even before the kid hit the portal that USC was where he was going. Lo and behold, he made that commitment after we heard Alabama was trying to push to get the kid to come down there. Um, he ended up committing to USC a couple of days ago. Uh, like Joe, what, what do you think think about the the whole deal? Like, does Saban have any room to be doing that? And are you okay with the, no. the status quo as it is? No, I'm not okay with what Saban did, uh, attacking Dion. If you want to attack other people in the SEC, I have to do sports radio with my friends every Saturday, so please, by all means, <laughs> to talk about. But in terms of actually coming to Dion, here, here's the issue that I have, okay? And... <laughs> This is where it comes in handy being the Caucasian correspondent for Wake Up 502. I can say things that if you two said it, people would go, oh, see, he's playing the race card. I'll just fucking, I'll say it. <laughs> Look, man, sorry. The NIL is showing the plantation model. Don't worry, I have the the buffer there. You're good. <laughs> Keep I, knew, going, I sir. knew you did as soon as as soon as it, I, I didn't even get the G out in it. I mean, I did I did pull up, you know, yeah. uh, but but guys, to me, all the NIL is doing is it's showing off the plantation mindset of coaches and even some coaches that don't necessarily realize that they prescribe to that mindset. The college football coaches live in an, in an insulated bubble. I don't think they realize the impact that they truly have and, and what they could do with their resources if they actually gave a damn. 
And it's the reason why I've come full circle and said, you know what? I hate that he coaches that team down the road, but I am a huge fan of John Calipari. And I don't understand why every college coach doesn't take the approach he does of saying, we're going to be a player first program. And my mission is not to, to make the, the, the boosters happy. My mission is to take an, tell an 18 year old child, if you come play ball for me, I'm going to set you up for generational wealth so your children never have to have a conversation with another coach. They can just go to a school because they want to go to school. Or they can go do whatever. But you will have generational wealth if you sign up for this deal. Saban can do that at Alabama. You know, he, can, he could recruit solely off the concept of if you come play for the Tide, you're on scholarship for life, buddy. You, Tuscaloosa may not be the greatest place on earth to, to you know, say this is where I'm going to stake my claim, but if you played for Alabama, it's okay. There's a reason guys stay in Norman, Oklahoma. You know, uh, it's scholarship for life, essentially, as, as a former athlete. So seeing him take shots at programs that got overlooked, non-traditional programs like HBCUs, Careful, Nick. Careful, because you sound real plantationy to me when you start complaining about a Jacksonville State. Who cares? Look, man, I'm a white guy who went to an HBCU, and I've always been amazed that more black people don't want to go to HBCUs because, quite frankly, it's the only time on earth in America that you all get to be the majority. And you get to celebrate culture and lifestyle, and I've always wondered, what are coaches at HBCUs, what are they recruiting with? Because that would be a big selling point to me. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's the, it, you know, the, the power structure, um, you know, is, is changing. The landscape is changing. And, you know, they, they get a little piece of it, and they were able to celebrate uh, getting this kid's commitment. Of course, uh, 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 Shaden Sanders, uh, Shadour, excuse me, uh, Shadour Sanders, uh, of course, Deion's son, went down there as well as a, a four-star quarterback, um, you know, and was able to bring some some highlights to Jackson State and to the HBCU and just, uh, you know, the, the opportunities that are available. And we've seen uh, these kids start to shift and to do some of these types of things. And I, I feel it's good for the sport. I, I mean, Haven, like, I, I think well, that well, NI, NIL is – Yes, Hold sir. Huh? Go ahead. Hey, Rashawn, what One question I have for Haven, because his mother is, is retired from, from working at an HBCU, still has season tickets. We talked about this for, for the last two years once Dion went down there. Do you, uh, my question to Nick Saban would be, one more five-star kid at Alabama? Okay, cool. You're just another one in the barrel. What do you think that five-star commitment does for a program like Jackson State? Do you, do you understand how big that is for the fan base, the alumni, everyone involved that they got a five-star? He doesn't have to do anything on the field, right? He doesn't have to do anything, but they got that. They got that moment. Well, hey, like, what do you think about that? You know, it's just like the biggest thing when you get like these five star recruits, especially at HBCUs. You know, it, it just the energy that that you get from it. Like, let's take Jackson State. You know, Jackson State had the most money that the, the football programs ever produced since Deion Sanders has been there. They've got more donations in from alumni since Deion Sanders got there. It's, it's been like a complete whirlwind, a 180 for Jackson State University. 
you know, and, and, and getting a five-star recruit at a FAMU or a Howard or some of these other schools, it would, would just it just be huge. Yeah, well, it, it's just interesting because, like, when you get a kid like that, it, like, not only is a boost for Jackson State, it's a boost for all of them, whether it's Southern or Grambling or, like you said, FAMU, um, K-State. It's a, it's a pride thing for everybody. And it's something that everybody celebrates. And I think that's one of the most interesting things, whether it's been a big commitment from one of those kids uh, in basketball for Howard, uh, you know, whether it's this commitment to Jackson State, is that everybody celebrates that victory as a community, not just as a single university. And I think that's huge, fellas. I mean, I do. I think it's huge. I, hey, but uh, Joe, um, we do actually have a call, and we got our brother Wayne. We only got about six minutes left in the show, so I want to get Wayne in here. Wayne, how you doing this morning, brother? Man, what's going on, fellas? You know, it's always a privilege and a pleasure to talk to you guys in the morning, and I'm listening as always. And I'm listening to the foolishness with saving. That's ludicrous. Nonsense. Total, total BS. You know, you, you, you get everybody you know to... Let somebody else have it. And that's the main reason why I want them to expand the playoff to 12 teams and let them play it out. I get, tired, I get sick and tired of the same teams in it every year. I don't even watch it. And I'm, I was glad when Georgia beat them. I was glad when Clemson won it. Let somebody else have an opportunity. Because it, it's, it's all about money. The more teams, the more money. And I don't understand this mentality. But I will get off of that soapbox. But I was going to ask you about uh, a buddy of mine sent me a text about this, and I don't know if you guys have heard about this guy. I don't know nothing about him. Kurt Little. Have, have you heard? Have you have you guys heard about this guy? Plays at Logan. Uh-uh. Guard six No, no, I, I know Logan's producing some kids right now. We've had a couple of them. Uh, scrub, even though he ended up with the Clippers instead of Louisville, and of course now Curry. So uh, this is a new kid. Yeah, yeah, I, I I looked him up, but uh, it it was in a it was in a, a a tweet, and I said I I don't know I said I'm gonna call my my fellas and ask them about him, Mm-mm. but I I don't. Now um, you gonna make me do some research I, there, I, right? I said, I said little, it's Kurt Lewis. Kurt, Kurt Lewis. Lewis. Okay, yes, yeah, he actually just committed. Yes, yeah, he just committed um, uh, to to Logan uh, to play at Logan. I, I've heard his name. He's a local kid, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, he played at Eastern. Yeah, yeah, he he's going out to Logan to try to to, to get get together so he can uh, go go D one. I've heard the young man has got some game. I know uh, Sidney Curry actually tweeted out his congratulations when he committed to Logan. He said, "This is where pros go to get ready." So uh, yeah, so I, I don't know much about Kurt. I've not seen him play, um, but I have heard good things. So we'll have to kind of keep an eye on him. It might be uh, making right, some waves right. in, in a year or so. Absolutely. But anyway, guys, you know what I think about you three. You're the best. You know I've been with you guys a long time, and I and I I, I may just take you up on your offer to put my voice on uh, with you guys one day. Wayne, uh, you yes. know, Wayne, absolutely. Please come through the studio, man. I would love to have you in and get you on there. You know how we do. We need to do a tailgate. What we need to do. Uh, no, where, where are you guys located at? Uh, we're, we're out, the uh, the um, the uh, station is actually located in Southern Indiana, right off the uh, Eastern Boulevard exit. Uh, so we're we're right over there in Southern Indiana, in Jeffersonville, uh, and would absolutely love to have you in, brother. Like, uh, come in there and get on there to get on the microphone with us, man. 
Yeah, I, I would love that. You know, I miss you guys. We we had, we, we had some good times. You know it. You know, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Wayne used to come down and hang out when we were doing the karaoke after the shows and everything. So uh, right. I, I would love hey, to Wayne. get you to be a part of that, man. Absolutely. Hey, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be back in touch with you guys on that. I'm going we'll to make this deal with you, Wayne. And uh, get together again. It, it'll be good. There you go. But as always, you guys, you know what I think about y'all. Y'all the best. And I love, I love all three of y'all. And enjoy the rest of your day, fellas. And at the end of the day, what do we say? Oh, congratulations on your daughter, man. Because I sent you something. My granddaughter graduated from a TSU. Uh, oh, that's what's up. Summa Cum Laude in education. And they had Kamala Harris. We were down there in Nashville and like the Rose. But anyway... <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. Hey, Dwayne, thanks for the call, man. Okay, thank you guys. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. There we go. Wayne coming through. Hey, hey Rashawn, here's the deal I'll make to him and to anybody else that that you've thrown the gauntlet down to, you know, the, the, you want this belt, come get, come take this belt. Yes, sir. Let's do a remote for tail, for a tailgate this year. We can hop on there and do some early pregame stuff. Anytime that I have to go work the grill, y'all can have my mic. Ooh, I like that. Hey, you know what? I, that, let me go. That is that is it. Let me step away. Let me step away so I can feed the masses. You know, do my thing. And when I'm when I'm off the when I'm off the mic, you can add it. I like it. Hey, you know open what? Open mic challenge. Open mic challenge. Get out there. Have it, have it open for all our listeners and all the folks. And even if some of these other radio guys want to pop up and get on there, you know, I, I, I don't discriminate. If you're at, a, at another station or whatever, my mic is always open to you to, to talk. Sports is for everybody. You know what I'm saying we don't own none of this. We are all just having fun talking. Fans, we love the children. Uh, exactly. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> so we, I, I don't care. I don't discriminate. Wake up 502 has always been equal opportunity. That's why I will call y'all asses out on a, in a heartbeat and talk, call you by name and talk about you by name because I'm going to be out there working with you. So you know what? I'm okay. I I put my name on everything. I put my stamp on everything. So I would love Joe. I think that is an excellent idea. I love it. We're not hard to find. No. And and I like to think we're a crew of the people for the people. So by the people. if you think you can do this better than any of us, by all means, show me how it works while I'm doing the grill. And I might even say, Rashawn, man, I ain't even going to be mad if you fire me. <laughs> hey, there it is. I'm, I'm good on the grill. We all got an instrument to play in this symphony. What, what what's the um uh the uh, Starship Troopers? He says uh he said, "Son, are you ready for the job?" "Yes, sir, until I'm dead or you find someone better." You know what I'm saying? That's exactly. what it's all about. <laughs> Old school Rico. You know what I'm saying? You better believe it. Hey, Rico's Roughnecks. You feel me? <laughs> Old school. <laughs> That's classic, man. Hey, I love Starship Troopers, man. That is like literally one of my favorites, uh, like ever. <laughs> ever, ever. But, fellas. I just, I just love. Okay. Yes, sir. We're, no, go we're, we're going to have to. This now this all came up on the fly, but we'll have to do some actual thought behind it. But but I'm all for Rico's Roughnecks and Open Mic Day at, at, at Tailgate at Cardinal Stadium. Oh, there we go. No, I just hope I just hope Ned Flanders, you know, does his side of it because we know the parking lot's going to be live. <laughs> oh, you already know. Hey, fellas, it's about that time, man. I appreciate you guys. It felt so good to be back in studio. Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly, Rashawn Myers, wake up 502, and we out of here. From the east to west coast, Queen salute you, baby. Step away from the mic, they too cold.
smoke my fracture yo Very no, contagious no, rap should no, be trapped in cages through stages of whackness spouse raps are blazing and it amazes me how you claim thugs to go two ways without Scott tell pages